Uh, how's it going? Going pretty well. Yeah? I'm hosting a Studio Ghibli movie night tonight. Ooh. So after this, I'm going to go shopping for uh, crock pot ingredients and tidy up a little bit. Nice. Uh, which, which Ghibli movies? Uh, to be Determined. Oh, okay. That's my favorite one. It's a bit of an odd <laughs> one, you know, sort of the lesser known work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's left your imagination. <laughs> you just sit there and stare at a blank screen and be like, oh, man, that Miyazaki. <laughs> Such just a visionary. Brilliant. It's sort of like the, uh, oh, fucking what's his name? John Cage, the three minutes and 33 oh, seconds. Yeah, yeah, of silence. Or is it four minutes, 44? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, 333 is the Jay-Z song. For I'm somebody out there <laughs> is hearing me right now because I'm gonna leave this in uh, for my embarrassment, and they're gonna be yelling at their headphones. Uh, yeah. So does that mean it's time? You know, it's getting close to time, Jimmy. We have a we <laughs> try as we might. We have a full episode this week because um, I got there some, I got some stuff to talk about. There, there is a lot going on here. Um. Yeah, this this feels weird, but should we just like dive right into it? Sure. All right. Y'all move. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. This week we are going to be talking about season one, episode thirty-five. Yugi versus Pegasus, match of the millennium, part one. The part uh, one is very important. Jimmy, before we go any further, I want to make a pitch to you right now and to our audience. Oh. So this... We're thinking about starting a podcast where we just watch Space Jam every week. <laughs> Do not fucking tempt me. <laughs> I will turn this podcast around, mister. Uh, so... This week marks a really interesting point because we're about to start a five-parter. Oh, right? boy. And we have an opportunity to, like, rest on our laurels, just kind of do the same shit every week, right? And, it, like, let it be boring and easy. Or we go the opposite direction and do something new and unique every week. What I would like to do is rather than use the boring English titles, which are Yugi versus Pegasus, Match of the Millennium, Parts 1 through 5, uh-huh. I would like to use the translated Japanese titles, which are different each week. Sure. You can spice up these boring-ass episode titles. I'm Granted, not attached this, to them. This week is not that much different. This week is Final Duel, Yugi versus Pegasus. That's literally the same. <laughs> the next literally four the weeks same will make this English it. translation. Trust me. Trust me, the next four weeks will make this worth it. But I want to say it now for everyone watching at home. You know, they're on Netflix or whatever. Uh, if the title looks different from what you're seeing in Netflix, it's okay. It's still the same episodes. I'm just using the translated titles that are more exciting. <laughs> sure. I'm on board. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, before we talk about this episode, Jimmy, every week uh, you and I like to give our listeners a recommendation of what they can do with their 20 minutes other than watching Yu-Gi-Oh! because we value their time. Uh, and I want to know what your recommendation this week is. Uh, my recommendation this week is actually something you can do while watching this show if you want. Hmm. Uh, my recommendation this week is to Marie Kondo your stuff just a little bit. Oh, I love this. Just a little bit. You know, uh, 
it's super pop. The show is super popular right now. And it's all about like decluttering and getting rid of stuff that doesn't bring you joy anymore. And so my recommendation is to do that, but just like with like one drawer in your dresser, like the one you use most that has all your like socks and underwear in it, just that drawer, just get it like slightly organized and it'll make a big difference. I did that this week with uh, my top drawer and uh, I got rid of a little bit of stuff and now I can find all my socks instantly and I know exactly where everything goes instead of a huge big mess in there. Did you do like her folding methods and everything? No, I need to go back and watch that. I I just fold like a lunatic. I feel like I, I almost feel like this recommendation is a little bit of like a like an apology for last week because we did shit on Marie Kondo a little bit last week. <laughs> not maybe not shit on, but like you know we we poked fun at the fact that it's back in the zeitgeist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I I actually did this exact thing like two weeks ago now whenever we first started watching the show uh because i only have one drawer uh we have oh this, well there you this, go it's a yeah your mileage may wide. vary if you just moved across the world and you only have one drawer of stuff true 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 i didn't really need to get rid of anything but i did that thing where she folds the t-shirt so they stand up and i did it so you see the design on all my t-shirts on the outside and so now oh, every time cool. i open my drawer i'm like oh look at all the fun stuff i have i also want to say i just want to lauren's here too uh, hi hi lauren i just want to interrupt because that makes me sound like a really horrible and greedy person in total, we have zero closets, two drawers, and one wardrobe. And I will say that each of us has one drawer. You keep all your clothes in your drawer, plus a few in the wardrobe. And I have some of my clothes in the wardrobe, and then all of our like important documents are going in my drawer. So it's not that I'm taking up like three closets and just leaving him with a tiny drawer. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We we literally just like moved to a different country and only have so much stuff <laughs> and so many places to keep it. Uh, no, no, no. Lawrence, <laughs> are you feeling some some residual guilt from when our dog had a wardrobe bigger than mine? <laughs> I remember his little closet at your old house. Yeah, he he had a he had his own little sort of like armoire with uh, like sweaters and shit. Um, I don't know that he had more individual items than I have because I have like socks and underwear, but he definitely had more outfits. Uh, but that's Which awesome. is precious okay. and great, by the way. Well, I mean that's because he's precious and great. Let's be honest. Uh. Okay, so yeah, so Marie Kondo, your stuff. Have you has it like made your life like are you are you like happier now? Are you like saving time and energy by having an organized underwear drawer? Yeah, I can just open my drawer and be like, oh, here's all my socks neatly lined up, and I can just grab a pair and be on my way instead of like digging around trying to see if I have ones that are the right size or the right color or whatever. Did you do that thing that I still do where it's like you have a sock with a hole in it? And you're like, yeah, I should get rid of this ah, tomorrow. Yes, I purposely went in and took all of my socks that had holes in them and chucked them. Nice, nice, good. So that's a, a major benefit. <laughs> Cutting down. And you're right. That's totally something that you can do like while watching the show. So I think that's yeah, a great recommendation. Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. Put on this episode, fold your socks, and... You'll be done. Yeah, this episode is mostly talking, too. Yeah. Or did you mean this... the episode of the podcast, which is all talking? Either one. 
it will take you much less time to watch the show and to fold your clothes than it will to listen to this podcast. That's very true. That's very true. What's your recommendation? Uh, I just have a real quick recommendation uh, because I have some other stuff I want to talk about, actually. Uh, my recommendation this week is another music video. Uh, Sam Henshaw uh, is a, a young artist out of London. Uh, he's like a like contemporary R&B artist. And he had a new song out this last week called Church, uh, or a new music video, at least, uh, mm. that came out. And it's like a VHS retro, like... Um, it's the good version of what church music is. And the, the music video is just really good. Uh, it's featuring earth gang. It's got a little rap in there. It's good. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's Sam S a double M, uh, Henshaw H E N S H A W Sam Henshaw. Uh, but I'll put a link in the show notes and everything. So you can go watch it. Hi, I'm uh, Sam. Oh, I, I really hope that that's how he introduces himself. Sometimes I haven't watched enough like interviews and things with him, but if he doesn't Sam, do that, I feel like he's missing out. Yugi boy. <laughs> uh, cool. I will have to watch that right after we finish up here. Oh, I thought you were going to say right now. And I'm like, no, Jimmy, no. <laughs> uh, right now in the middle of this podcast. You could if you want. I wouldn't mind. Uh, but I do have some news. Do you remember oh. when we did news on this show? We haven't had Yu-Gi-Oh! news in so long. What's your Yu-Gi-Oh! news? So the reason for us not having Yu-Gi-Oh! news is I felt like we had a lot of good news up front when we first started doing news. And then I kind of realized that all of the news was just coming from, like, comicbook.com, which is a good resource, but, like, there wasn't a lot of variation there as far as the news that we were looking at. Well, also, there's not a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! news. True. Very true. This news came via uh, my local game store, Posted a thing on Facebook that I just noticed, uh, like literal minutes before we started recording, where they are getting in stock the new Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duel starter kits. Uh, hmm. You may remember this. Uh, eagle-eyed listeners may remember this from, God, like six, seven months ago when we first talked about it. But there is uh, going to be a new format uh, of Yu-Gi-Oh! starting this next oh. couple of weeks. Uh, that is based on Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. So in Duel Links, you have uh, smaller decks and you have character-specific abilities. And this format gives you the smaller decks, they're 20-card decks, and then each deck can have, I think it's up to three cards that are character-specific skills that give you bonuses in battle. Interesting. So you play essentially as one of the Yu-Gi-Oh characters using their deck and their abilities in battle. Uh, and it's called Speed Duel because it's got like, you know, smaller uh, uh, deck sizes and everything. Um, but it comes out next week. I just looked it up. There's going to be two starter packs, each of which comes with three uh, pre-built decks. Uh, let's see. It's called uh, Speed Duel Starter Decks, Destiny Masters, and Duelists of Tomorrow. Uh, Destiny Masters, yeah. <laughs> Destiny Masters comes with a Yami Yugi deck, Ishizu Ishtar deck, and a Pegasus deck. Uh, the Duelist of Tomorrow comes with a Seto Kaiba deck, My Valentine, and Joey Wheeler. Um, so you get three. That's my Joey Duelist of Tomorrow. <laughs> I not gonna lie, Joey in in Duel Links has some very very useful and powerful abilities. Uh, so I'm excited. To this see card is just straight here. up punch your opponent. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, but so that comes out. Uh, I guess next week, at least, is when my store is getting it in stock. Uh, the price per pack is like 
10 American dollars. Um, and that, and that gets you, you know, the three decks and three abilities and stuff. So for 10 bucks, you can actually sit down with a friend and have a duel there. Whereas, you know, with previous, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh starter kits, it's 10 bucks for just your own pre-constructed deck. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm actually, I'm actually kind of excited for that. Like I might, depending on what their stock looks like, cause I know Yu-Gi-Oh is actually pretty popular here. Uh, the game, not so much the show weirdly, uh, I, I may go buy a pack and see if I can force Lauren into playing a game with me or I'll find somebody. I may, I may just end up playing Dueling with some pepper. 14 year old there at the store. That might actually be interesting. What if I took my mic with me to the store? I'll have to think on this anyway. Don't make it weird. No, <laughs> no, but you, you may or may not hear uh, uh, some more reporting as the, uh, the story unfolds. Interesting. That sounds uh, like it would be, way more accessible than like actually having to get into Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, cause the thing that has kept me away from playing the card game is the same thing that keeps me away from playing, um, like magic on a regular basis is, you know, I don't really want to shell out for the cards all the time. Like, I mean, I, I get the, I get the value of it and I'm not like the art on the cards is obviously worth the money, like that sort of thing. Um, but I just kind of feel weird about like, okay, I guess I'm going to go buy five new cards. Oh, I can't use three of these or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the idea of buying just a few pre-constructed decks that I can mix and match sounds really nice. Uh, I want to go back to what you said just a moment ago that uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is really popular in the UK. It is weirdly, uh, or maybe not weirdly, I don't know. But I there's a, a, a really good game store uh, here in Durham uh, called Meeple Games, M-E-E-P-L-E. Uh, and they do like, you know, board games and card games and stuff. And I went in and I talked to the owner for a while and they, the, the reason I found out about them is they have D and D nights, which is how I found my D and D group here. But they also do like magic tournaments and Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. And I, I asked about role-playing games first, like, what are the biggest sellers there? Like, what's the most popular? And he said, well, you know, like D and D is, is pretty standard but most of the people who come to the store come to play Yu-Gi-Oh. interesting i yeah. would not have guessed that and and like magic is kind of popular there like they have a you know a few boxes out like the, that you can pick commons from and stuff but the majority of their card stock appears to be Yu-Gi-Oh. huh yeah that's that's really interesting i wonder yeah. why that is because when i go into guardian games it's like maybe like 70% people are there for like magic tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're like out in the common area. There's a bunch of like kids playing Pokemon cards and then maybe a f- handful of people playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's still like, it's not a very big store. I will say Meeple games like physically size wise. Mm. So it's probably maybe the same amount of people playing games or playing Yu-Gi-Oh rather. Like it's still, you know, it's a handful of teenagers, but the only time that I've seen people in there playing cards, it's been Yu-Gi-Oh. Interesting. I wonder yeah. why that is. It'd be really interesting if you could like grab some random Yu-Gi-Oh enthusiast in the UK and interview them on why they love Yu-Gi-Oh so much. Yeah, I'll see. I gotta find like a not weird way to do it. But uh... <laughs> do you want to come on my Yu-Gi-Oh podcast? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll talk with the owner of the store and see if he has any insight into like why it's why that's the popular game for this area. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I don't, it maybe it may be different in the north from the south. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that was my my like one big piece of news. 
Um, I have one other thing that I wish I'd like prepared for in any way, shape or form. I literally didn't realize it until basically when I like hit call on this call (laughs) was our first episode, Jimmy, how long, how long do you feel like we've been doing this podcast? Well, I feel like last year was like 10 years long, so I have no idea. So about a decade. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, so on my computer, because I started on a, on a work computer at a job that I'm no longer at. So I feel fine saying that. Uh, and then when I moved to my personal laptop, uh, it changed the the dates on all my folders. So I've been operating under the assumption that our year anniversary was April 20th because nice. <laughs> uh, but our first episode was aired, aired. Our first pod was cast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were our, broadcasting on. Yeah, broadcasting, Lauren says. Uh, uh, our, it was uh, January 16th, 2018. Oh, yeah. So it took you a second. Just over a year. <laughs> yeah, we have been podcasting. We've been making this dumbass show for just over a year now. What have you done to me, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome, I guess. Um, yeah, I. Well, happy. You missed it. We did. We did kind of technically miss the year anniversary. I literally just realized it as we were starting this call. Uh, but yeah, happy. Yugiversary? Yuga, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't uh, like that. And uh, no. Happy Podiversary. Happy. We made a show good. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we made good word show cast. Um. Yeah. So anyway, so I just wanted to call that out. Like, I'm I'm really proud of the fact that I conned you into doing this show for a year and. <laughs> And, you know, and people listen to it. Like I was just looking at our stats and we've got like about 400 hits on the episodes every week. All um, right. If Google is to be believed and half of internet traffic is bots, that's still like, that's still easily four times as much traffic as I <laughs> ever anticipated. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was a, that was a neat thing to call out. I don't have anything special planned. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what we could do, and there's not a whole lot we can do. I, I, like I said earlier, I'm trying to make keep each week different. So I have one thing that I'm keeping in my back pocket, but it's going to come in one of the preceding four weeks. It, it's not like a anniversary thing. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah. Well, you're just talking about listeners. I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, our friend Mac, who was on the show earlier. And he oh, yeah. just called me last night because he thought we had stopped doing the show, but it was just his stupid podcast app on <laughs> his phone that wasn't downloading our episodes. And then he suddenly got like 10 all at once. Oh, man. So now he's backlogged. He's got so much listening material. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's always kind of fun to me, too, when I get messages from people who are like, yeah, just going through the backlog of the episodes now, like, you know, really enjoying it so far. I'm like, oh man, you're listening to our voices like that that much, huh? It's uh, you're still into it, huh? All right, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Yeah, I couldn't. I can. I can barely talk to you for this long. Let me be. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is. Yeah, this I is don't listen the, to this show. <laughs> no, I know you don't. You need to, Jimmy. I work hard on it. Uh, 
No, and yeah, they, let me just sit here and listen to my own voice for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I can do uh, well, that without listening to the podcast. That's true. That's true. Uh, so thank you, Jimmy, as well, for doing the show with me for this long. I, I, I appreciate you putting up with me. You're welcome. Uh, can we talk we, about this episode now? Let's do. Let's get to the actual meat of the what this show is about. Let's stop talking about the show and let's do the show, huh? <laughs> let's let's do the fucking thing. All right, it's, it's time. time to did it did it did discuss the episode, Jimmy. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode is episode thirty-five, Yugi versus Pegasus, match of the millennium, or as we're going to be calling it, final duel, Yugi. Versus Pegasus. It's so part it's one. either Yugi versus Pegasus or Yugi versus Pegasus. You get your pick, really. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> if you picked Yugi versus Pegasus, go to page one. If you picked Yugi versus Pegasus, go to page one. Uh, all right. Uh, how does this episode start? I, I had in my notes it's no recap. Uh, yeah, it's the just the first time in a while. Straight into the show open. And it, I think it starts with just Yugi uh, talking to himself and reminiscing. Yeah, yeah. So he, it's... He's remembering his all his time and how he got to where he is now and how Grandpa taught him everything he knows about dual monsters, even though the Pharaoh does all the dueling for him anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of weird because he's like shuffling through his deck, right? And he's thinking like, yeah, all the I had to fight so hard to get here and everything. And uh, Grandpa using the deck that Grandpa gave me, and uh, you know, I, like he's talking about uh, how like important Grandpa's influence was in his life and all these things. But he says a that this is the deck that his Grandpa gave him, and we have no indication that he's ever changed it, other than does he have Exodia? I don't think he has Exodia anymore because uh, Exodia was lost to the sea. See, I had it in my he head like Joey got it back for him. Did he? But we haven't seen it at all since then. We so. have not seen Exodia or any parts of Exodia. And that just could be Yugi's magical drawing powers or whatever. But anyway, so he's got the deck that his grandpa made for him. And like you pointed out, he's got the spirit of the pharaoh. Has Yugi done any of his own work to get to this point? <laughs> I don't think he has. He hasn't built his own deck. He hasn't changed the deck at all. Um, I guess he, he's like... He talks a lot about it. He's, I guess, good at card games, as we, we've seen in the open. But is he, though? But is he, though? Like, it's like we've talked about, like, you know, using, like, Magic the Gathering or Smash as, as an example. Like, you or I... We're good, quote unquote, in that like if we got a group of our friends together, we'd be sort of towards the the topish, probably. Yeah. But we're not gonna go to a professional tournament and expect to win anything. No. But then again, you and I don't have the spirits of pharaohs who were, you know, previously the king of games or or what have you. So who are we to say? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you took the Millennium puzzle and like put it on a dog, the dog could duel. <laughs> Oh man, there's got to be fan art of that somewhere. That's how you get Pepper to duel with you. Ooh, there we go. You just inhabit his body with the spirit of a long dead king. Yeah. 
Oh man, yeah. If anybody, if anybody with some artistic skills wants to draw Pepper with a Millennium puzzle, <laughs> let me know. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. There's a there's an interesting flashback here where he's. It's a flashback of Yugi talking to Grandpa, and they're back in the game store, and Grandpa says uh, that. Uh, what does he say? He's like, and they're you know all the all the best cards of the game, and I put all of them into my deck. Yeah. So like. All right, Grandpa, you just kind of stacked it there for him, huh? You just uh, gave gave the kid just sort of all the all the good stuff, and Yugi started off with a small loan of one million dollars, <laughs> and that's oh, how no. he got to where he is in life. Oh no, Yugi! Yugi is he a, started is a, from the bottom. Oh, he's a silicon <laughs> duelist. He just inherited all his cards. Yeah, he had a uh, he had an angel investor. Yeah, he didn't have to buy any of them. Oh man, no, that's true. He didn't. That's really true. Even Kaiba had to buy his cards. Oh yeah, he totally Granted, did, didn't he? Kaiba inherited loads of money, but Joey certainly had to buy most of his cards, except the ones that that Yugi traded to him. That's true. So anyway, back <laughs> to the episode. Yugi is reminiscing about how he got here, and um, he's just like wandering around down to the duel arena and he runs into his friends who somehow beat him down there. Yeah. I'm not sure how that happened. Like, cause he was, he was there already. Yeah. Like he, he went downstairs. The space, spatial awareness in the castle, I think is impossible. The castle um, changes every episode. It's pretty I th- weird. I think it does. And it actually, there's a, there's a point that kind of bothered me later on where it changes again, but Anyway, they they meet him down there and they're sort of talking to him. I didn't have any of the things that they said in my notes. Cause you, from what you've seen of this show so far, you already know what they say to him about how they're all there for you, Yugi, and how they support you and you're going to go all the way and defeat Pegasus and whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, that it's all very, yeah, it's very typical Yu-Gi-Oh filler. We're all friends talk. Uh, no, notably, no friendship symbol though, which I was very thankful for. <laughs> they sent no the friendship word symbol. friendship, and there was no symbol. They're talking about friendship, not drawing friendship on their hands. Right, right. And I shed a single tear. Uh, yeah. the The very next note that I have is like, you know, Croquet is saying that it's time for the duel to start. Croquet still like something about his voice i just can't i I wrote down that he sounds like senior card gauge from homestar runner oh like if senior card gauge was a little more lucid yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just hey brambolina it's time to duel so step on up to the duel arena it's i want to know what notes they gave that voice actor of like here's who this character is. He's an old man who's like the right-hand guy of the villain. He's not and even like, all that old. No, he's not. He has like grayish hair is the only thing that I... He has a mustache. Yeah. But that's about it, right? Those are his like defining characteristics. Like how do you get from there to like a like an anti-smoking ad? I don't know. <laughs> all i know is that i feel bad for his poor voice actor because even doing that voice for like five seconds really hurt 
It does. It does. Like the you know, you must have like a like a mug of like lemon tea with honey or something, or he's like gargling salt water or whatever the tricks are. He's got a lemon tea flask to get him through his day. God, I would hope so. Like Working a lemon tea Pegasus. big gulp at this rate. Because <laughs> he's got a lot of lines this episode, and I kind of feel bad for him. Like I I hurt myself just trying to do one. Um yeah, I don't know. Croquet continues to baffle me. But uh, Yugi sort of walks up to the arena. Croquet is announcing, oh, it's time for everything to start. Uh, and Yugi walks up to the arena. And I just had one note about the animation here. There's a close-up of Yugi's shoes. Do his shoes connect directly to his pants? I missed it. So there's a there's a moment right towards the beginning of the episode where uh you know croquet calls him in and he's like you know mr moto come to the duel mr pegasus is ready or whatever and and yugi's like purposefully walking and he's doing his little strut and it zooms in on his shoes sort of entering the frame right and you see the the shoe i was about to say you see the top of the shoe but you don't see the top of the shoe it just Mm -hmm. extends up past where like a shoe should end like it's it's if it is a boot they're like a knee-high boots at this point if that's if that's what we're going for and they're the same color as his pants hold on i'm trying to look up a full body shot of Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's all just like either from like the waist up or like action figures of yugi yeah, well, I was about to say, you got to be careful Googling full-body Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> like, that's just asking for trouble, my friend. I did, in fact, stumble upon an image mm. of a Yugi body pillow. Yeah. Oh, that's not even the worst of it. I was going to say, yeah, y- Yugi body pillow, you brought that on yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I don't know. I'll see let if I can... Drop, drop you a link to this just so you can see it. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'll see if I can find the frame here, but yeah, let's, oh God, what is this that you've sent me? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's, (laughs) that's a choice. I was expecting something much more tame. You know, the thing about body pillows that I don't understand is when they're like this, it has two fronts then basically, right? Yeah. Just like an innocent front and like a, it has like a Yugi front and a Yami Yugi front. Yeah. Not a front and a back like a person has. Pick which side you want to cuddle with. I guess. Uh, yeah, so there's a... I'm just going to try and find the time code for you here because it, it, it shouldn't bother me, but this is just like... It's one of those things that sticks out to me and that I can't get out of my head, much like this body pillow. But there are choices that they make in the animation here that are like, oh, yeah, wow, that's really smart. And then there are choices like this where it's like, so is she, he's wearing a onesie then, huh? Like that's <laughs> that's just what we're doing now. What is the second thing you sent me? It's a it's a like a baseball jacket that I found. Not gonna lie, I'd wear that. I thought you would. It's actually really good. Uh, you should put that up on the Instagram for our listeners because that is a pretty choice. Ah, here it is. Okay. I found it, and how do I do a screenshot on the PC? Okay, give me a second here. This is going to be bad audio. Hit the alt, print screen. Good stuff, good stuff. 
going to Cortana. Hey, Cortana. Waiting for Cortana to load. Opening up Paint. This is quite the involved process. Yeah, taking a screenshot on a PC is kind of the worst. You can't just hit like print screen or. So when you hit print screen, it copies the screen. Oh, and then you have to paste it. Yeah, which is kind of the, the, the baddest, <laughs> the most bad, the worst. You could say that. In fact, um, while I'm doing this, what's your next note on the episode? Uh, well, tell me all your thoughts on Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, Yugi transforms, and I noticed that uh, he they have the whole transformation sequence this time. And I guess he just poses like that every time he transforms because he's got, like, the cool pose with his, like, elbow out and he's, like, looking down at the ground. And I guess that's just what he does when he transforms. So what does that look like to outside observers? Yeah, you know, we've Because we see all the magic before. and shit. Yeah. It's interesting because sometimes when he transforms, you see characters react. Like, we've seen, like, you know, Joey react, but kind of to the seriousness of his face. We've seen Kaiba react just, like, astonished. Um, but, but, yeah, it's kind of unclear. I think, though, like, if I were to have a magical transformation sequence, I would probably pose every time. I mean, probably, yeah. Wouldn't you? It'd be like your thing. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have many things, but I think if I had a thing like that where it was like, I have real magic that I do. Uh, yeah, put I would some probably flair just, into it. Yeah, you know. But I'm also like, I'm not that creative. It would definitely be the same pose every time. Uh, speaking of not being that creative, I just sent you a, a oh. snapshot of the frame that I'm, I'm looking what at the here. Hell? You're right. This is it looks like like a Star Trek onesie legs or something. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen his feet like that before, have we? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know and I am not if if googling full body Yugi uh was already a Google search that I did not want to make, Yugi feet is definitely not a Google search <laughs> that I want to make. <laughs> I will leave uh, that Googling as an exercise for our listeners. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if I, I think this and the baseball jacket that you just sent me should be something that we post on the Instagram just for our listeners. Uh, Steal his look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. $2,500. Outfit. Oh, God. Um, so anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So, so he does and- transformation. He, he transforms, and Yugi and Pegasus walk up to the uh, duel arena, and uh, Pegasus walks up, and behind him are two guys, two henchmen, with, like, these velvet pillows with his decks on them, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice touch, because Croquet's, of course he does. Croquet's intro for Pegasus, too, is, like, very regal in a way. He's introducing him as, like... The creator and inventor, the genius prodigy, the the uh, the king of games, the the we're not king of games because that's 
not a title that's been awarded yet, but the, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's very much like announcing Lord Pegasus. He's Um, like a a herald. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I, I mean, like if I could afford to hire somebody to introduce me when I walk into rooms, that would definitely be like the way to do it. Right. Um, But it's interesting that that's, He's been in the room the whole time. Why is this the first time that Croquet is introducing him in such a way? Yeah, he's been there the whole time. I guess it's it's just for uh, official purposes. I, yeah. Like, the duel is about to start. Now is the time when you intro this guy. When before now, he's just been observing. Right. Yeah. Uh you know, Pegasus starts like recapping how Yugi got there and he goes, Oh, I'm so proud of you, Yugi boy. You know, fighting your way to the top, earning your passage, whatever. Uh, but then Yugi interrupts him with like a Phoenix Wright style objection, like the finger point to the camera almost. I remember this. Uh, it was a very uh, interesting use of uh, animation. There's a lot of weird things in the animation this week but and this was one of them just the way he points his finger Mm -hmm. and like yells while he's doing it it's interesting seeing because i i saw a clip from um i'm gonna get the name of the movie wrong the second Yu-Gi-Oh movie uh and the animation style there is so different from what we're used to in this season and it's really interesting seeing sort of the evolution of style as it as it progresses just through this one season. And I think this episode is sort of the first step towards that like sleeker, more like action focused style. And that finger point there is so emblematic of it. Like it's very just like swoopy in a way. I, I, I don't have the yeah. right like terminology to describe it. But anyway, so you know, he he's uh wagging his finger at Pegasus and he's telling Pegasus to promise to release the souls of his grandpa and Seto and Mokuba. Uh, and I forget how it comes up, but Pegasus is like, why, why do you care about Seto and Mokuba? Yeah. Why do you care about these assholes who hate you? <laughs> right. And he's like, well, it's because of a promise I made. Cause he's talking in his deep Yu-Gi-Oh voice now. Deep, deep Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, and uh, uh, he he has this flashback to when uh, Yugi and Mokuba were talking on the island when they like first met, and he, Mokuba was like, "I don't trust anybody. Uh, how how do I know that like you're gonna do the things that you say that you do?" And Yugi just tells him that you can start by trusting in me, which is like. The most mafia shit that Yugi could possibly do in that moment. Like, you can trust me because you can trust me. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's all... It it goes into what we were talking about last episode with how, like, he's gaining everyone's trust, but he's still this, like, mastermind, like, games champion using everyone for his own benefit if they cross him. Yeah, which, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm of the mind at this point that Yugi might be a villain in this story. He might be. But I also think that Pegasus is a villain in this story. And I think that 
Bakura is a villain in this story. Oops, all villains. Oops. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, Our real protagonist. Yeah, oh, no. no. Is that what you were going to say? I was going to say Joey. Yeah, that too. I think I think that there could be a definite case made for like Tristan and Taya and Joey are the real protagonists of the show. They're the only ones who don't have magic bullshit attached to them at all times. There it is. There it is. This is the reverse, maybe not the reverse, but the opposite of a magical girl anime <laughs> where the thing that sets uh, the protagonists apart is that they don't have magical powers. And they have to work at the game or whatever what they're doing so much harder than just using their magical bullshit on each other. Just saying, just saying that that makes me like the show a bit more. In a world of wizards, there's three muggles. I, I legitimately would read those books. Uh, that's part of the reason why I liked Fantastic Beasts so much. Oh, just because there's like the contrast the one muggle character and i'm like oh yeah yeah oh, this guy i can get behind all right and he's actually like kind of good and like holding his own with all this crazy stuff happening around him right exactly yeah exactly um anyway i do want to point yeah. out that uh pegasus is like showing off all his cards of people's souls and he 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 uses the phrase "lonesome prison of souls," which itself sounds like a dual monsters card. Yeah, damn. Why isn't that an episode title? Right. Episode thirty-five and a half, "Lonesome Prison of Souls." This week on Yu-Gi-Oh, Pegasus starts an emo band. <laughs> he totally would too. Uh, yeah. So they're talking like back and forth to each other about souls and what have you. And then we see, we get a close-up of Bakura, and we hear that his, like, evil inner monologue, and it, like, zooms into his head, and Bad Kura is back. Yes! Motherfuckers. So good. I, that moment legitimately made me, I think, the happiest that Yu-Gi-Oh! has made me in a few weeks, like... Just the full-on, like, evil grin that he has is so good in this episode. Yeah, he has an evil grin, and we see, like, a transformation sequence, but with his Millennium Ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, huh? It just like, kind the... of fades into the distance, and it's, like, the, the same thing that happens with the Millennium Puzzle, except he doesn't really transform. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell that he's evil. Right. You can't tell he transformed, which is arguably a lot scarier that's a secret he's always evil <laughs> that's my secret captain i'm always evil <laughs> uh yeah and it happens so pegasus reads yugi's mind right and he sees that like uh yugi has the flashback with uh Bakura, with mokuba uh and tristan's like i think he's up to something as pegasus is waving around these cards with the pictures of like his you know, three <laughs> captured souls and Tristan is, oh, I think he's up to something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good job, Tristan. Yeah, good, good fucking job there, Sherlock. You cracked the case. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then Bakura is like, yeah, he's definitely going to play dirty. Uh, and Tristan runs off saying like, well, if Pegasus is going to play dirty, I should go find 
the Kaibas, uh, uh, Seto and Mokuba, they've got to be around here somewhere. And if I get them, then Pegasus won't be the only one with like a an upper hand. Without leverage. Right. And then Bakura gets the biggest fucking evil grin where he's like, oh, you're right. Some husks would do well. <laughs> Just some some people who don't have any souls in them would be quite useful or something along those lines. <laughs> and he gets like a, it's like the Grinch. It's like an ear to ear fucking grin. Yeah, that, that famous like Grinch smile where his like entire face transforms. And like the corners of his mouth sort of uncurl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Bakura has been really getting on my nerves these last few episodes and this was nice. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, an interesting direction for Bakura. So Yugi uh, gives his Glory of the King's opposite hand card, which is the card from last week we couldn't remember. Thank you. Yeah. Still a weird name for a card. That's why we couldn't remember it. Yeah. Because, not... and the card itself is just blank. There was literally nothing to remember this card by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you have a whole long note here about croquet i did yeah i transcribed croquet's line here because it's so dramatic because yugi like you know he's asked to present the the card that gives him the right to face pegasus and he, he gives him the king's glory of the king's opposite hand and croquet says i'm not gonna say it in his voice man because i just i've already you know don't don't hurt yourself yeah uh so he says and so the stage is set for the final and deciding duel of the Duelist Kingdom competition. Just as the card you hold is a blank slate, there are no limits to the prize you may request of your opponent if you are the victor. You can decide if you wish to take over his company as a reward for your winning. You can ask for his entire island, or demand Mr. Pegasus's Millennium Eye uh, as your prize. And then Joey quickly interjects, This is crazy! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your input, Joey. But still, no one's like, wait, Millennium Eye? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's that magical bullshit you've been using this whole time? Right. Nobody nobody questions it, but clearly everyone hears it. Uh, and Tyler. Then, yeah. During uh, Croquet's whole monologue here, did you get the impression that he was like hinting that he wants Yugi to take over the company? Because otherwise, why would he mention it? He's like, please, I don't want to keep working for Mr. Pegasus. Please be my new boss and free me from this mind prison. I, you know what? I didn't. I, I got the idea that it was like, like on a teleprompter somewhere, but I believe your version so much more like that. I, that last part had to have been improv, right? Like that's yeah, not, I mean, that's not a Pegasus he, script. He for sure had this whole monologue like ready to go. Sure. But, like, he, just the fact that he would mention this is, yeah, it hints to me that he is tired of working for Pegasus. And so he's, like, hinting to Yugi if he wins. Yeah, it's, it's, like, should... it's like one step short of him being like, or you could remember your old friend Croquet, who's been nothing but nice to you this whole time, uh, and you could you could hire him as your personal servant, and I'll I'll polish your onesie boots. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know that's oh man, 
I mean, it's clear that I think that Croquet doesn't enjoy being there. Like, who would enjoy being there, if we're being honest? Yeah, Pegasus seems to treat his underlings with uh, a flamboyant sort of disrespect. (laughs) Flamboyant disrespect. (laughs) The new punk band sweeping the nation. Uh yeah you know this this part gets a little interesting because like bakura finally tells everybody directly that yugi is betting his eternal soul because it's revealed that if yugi loses pegasus just gets his soul yeah like if yugi wins okay pegasus can release the souls of grandpa or whatever yugi loses loses his soul and Bakura tells everybody this just straight up, like, well, if, if Yugi yeah. loses, he dies. Pegasus just straight up says it too. Yeah, hey, so Yugi, it's said a couple if, of times. Then, if you win, you can ask me anything. If I win, I'm going to ask you anything. But the thing I want is just your soul. We'll make a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> he's building a tournament legal deck <laughs> of just people he's conquered. I mean, that would be a pretty badass final episode, though. That would be honest. Like if we if we get to the the fourth part of this five parter and it's revealed that all of Pegasus's cards are just characters that we've met previously. That would be awesome. Actually, that'd be really cool. That'd be way better than how this actual episode actually goes. But this episode goes weird places. But uh, so the the peanut gallery hears this twice that Yugi will die if he loses here uh and nobody seems to respond to that at all like Taya gets like a little teary-eyed but the same amount of teary-eyed that she got the last duel where she's just like really you know pulling for yugi here yeah she was way more upset these two best friends were playing card games against each other than she is by the concept of her friend's soul being trapped for eternity in a card. Yeah, which seems like kind of a buck wild way to approach things, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's a weird priority here. Like, I would rather my friend lose his eternal soul than have to duel my other friend. Yeah, so, so I don't know. Uh, Pegasus, um, we get a lot of like Pegasus's inner monologues and it's interspersed with him talking. So it's hard to keep this straight, but yeah. um, he also, I think he mentions that he uh, captured Kaiba specifically so he can take control of Kaiba Corp. Yes. And that's, all his inventions. that's the other weird thing that happens here is Pegasus internally goes, that's not all I'm dueling you for, Yugi boy. Of course, if I win, my takeover of Kaiba Corp will finally go through or whatever the fuck he says. Uh, and we're reminded for the first time in... Like half a year. Yeah. When did they bring this up? Like 20 episodes ago? Something along those lines. Some, like three days in showtime, but the eight months Corp, our time. The like, board of directors is essentially stabbing Kaiba in the back to take over the company. Mm-hmm. And they made a deal with Pegasus that he would like steal Kaiba's soul so they would gain control of the company and then be able to cash out essentially yeah and they were like they're like yeah the the last sort of remaining term before you can take over is that you need to kidnap mokuba so that he can't 
claim his rights to the company and you need to defeat Yugi in a duel because that's how the world works. Apparently <laughs> we can't let you take over this business until you beat this child in a card game. So then it cuts to like this darkened room with all the board of directors sitting around with their faces in shadow watching this tournament. Um, and one of the guys is like, uh, Pegasus has patched us in through a satellite network. And then there's a great line where one of the other board members says, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of like, uh, that episode of the office where they're invited to the, the like online chat room party for the launching of the website. And they're all like video cammed in and there's just the one manager like leaning in going, is it on? Is it my turn to talk? Tell me when it's on. Is it working? (laughs) Just the one board member sitting back. Ah, yes, this is excellent. A satellite feed. Ho, ho, ho. It makes me wonder, um, what didn't we just see like a 20 episodes ago? Uh, (laughs) yo, just, just 20 episodes ago. Didn't we see uh, Kaiba crashing one of Pegasus's satellites into like his like main control center? Yeah, that's how he beat the 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 evil Kaiba. Or that was a result yeah. of it, I guess. Uh, Lauren also just said something about board games that I missed. What did you say? Oh, it's not important. You said. Oh that the way the world works is you can't take over this business until you beat this child at a card game. Uh-huh. And I said, that's why board meetings are so secret. <laughs> and that's, that's very true. Actually, in this case, you can't hear what Jimmy just said because I'm wearing headphones, but uh, that's secretive board meetings are the literally the name of the game in this case. Um, but yeah, Jimmy, you're right. So they must be using an ancillary satellite or he just has a lot of satellites like Pegasus. I mean, he probably has a shit ton of satellites, but it is still weird that there was just like an international terrorist attack using one of these satellites on his like main office and no one's acknowledged it since then. Yeah. Oh man. That, that makes me wonder like how much like catching up are they going to have to do when they get back home from Duelist Kingdom? Cause Haven't they have heard. <laughs> They don't have like newspapers or Twitter or anything like. No, they're just on this island with nothing. And they're going to get back and be like, oh, yeah, the satellite hit that like major metropolitan area. A lot of people died. Oh, where were you? This the entire country is in martial law because we're under attack by space debris. Didn't didn't the satellite crash on one of their own one of Kaiba Corp's like computer banks, too? Yeah, that was like the the building that had all their computers in it or something. It wasn't Kaiba Corp's computer system. It was Pegasus's. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Huh. This is sort of like, you know how in Star Wars, when they did the prequels, they tried to make it about politics? It's, they're trying to do that, but they're trying to make this card game about business. <laughs> A little bit. And I don't know, I genuinely can't tell whether it's working. Because part of me is like, oh yeah, Pegasus has got to take over that business. Like, I'm kind of rooting for Pegasus now. But at the same time, he could have just done it. 
Yeah, there was no need for all this other extemporaneous card game nonsense. Yeah. But then again, what are Pegasus and Kyber Court built on other than extemporaneous card game nonsense? Truth. They're so built anyway, on truth. Oh, no. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, um, yeah. Move us past this. There's a lot that happens here. So it's finally time to start the duel. And they, for the first time, they actually like have rules about uh, shuffling and like cutting your deck. Yeah. And so um, these guys come down on this like robot trapeze mm -hmm. to to the center of the the arena there, which I want to mention could have entirely been avoided if he hadn't built it over a bottomless pit. Yeah, sort of an oversight there. <laughs> it would have been a lot easier. But anyway, they go and collect uh, each duelist decks and they bring them over to each other so they can like shuffle it, I guess, to be fair. And Yugi does all that. And then Pegasus just kind of like taps the top of Yugi's deck and is like, mm, let's find the way it is. Yeah. You know, just sort of a sort of a power move there, being like, no, no, yeah. no, no, it's fine. It He's really playing it up as like, I'm I'm psychic. He doesn't have to shuffle. I'm untouchable. Yeah, it doesn't matter what order the cards are in. I'm going to beat them anyway. Right, right. Uh, Croquet declares for the first time that the winner is going to be declared the king of games, uh, which is I think one of the first times we actually hear it in this series. Yeah, I don't remember a time we've heard King of Games before, except maybe once or twice. I think just in the movie, honestly, which takes place after was it? this. Yeah. Hmm. I can't uh, remember. I don't know. That was just a random note I had. Uh, anyway, it's time to duel. So let's cut away from the duel and go follow <laughs> Tristan for a while. What's Tristan up to these days, I wonder? <laughs> he, he wandered off. Let's go uh, see what he's doing. He's getting lost in the castle. Yeah, he's... That's he what everyone does in this castle. He literally gets dungeoned and dragoned. Uh, in that oh my god, he, he does. He gets lost in a dungeon. And I don't know how much time you want to spend on this because I personally did not care for it. Uh, he gets lost in a dungeon. He uh, hears a guard coming. and yeah. The guard is humming so he can hear where the guard is classic guard behavior you, you know very video game-esque uh and of course where does tristan hide but in a spare empty suit of armor uh like medieval ass armor that just happens to be there because we are in pegasus's dungeons of course and of course he gets all this armor on in like the span of one second before this guard comes around the corner and I, I always wonder this, how, if there was nothing inside the armor, how is it staying upright before Tristan got into it? That's a great question. You'd think there's like a mannequin or at least like a scaffolding or something inside right. to hold it up. But it's always just like standing there empty. Yeah, P perfectly accessible for just <laughs> whoever to step in and fit into magically somehow. But so he gets in the armor and uh, he he hears the, the guard talking to another guard around the corner and they're like swapping shifts, I guess. And, uh, you know, the guard's like, yeah, yeah, this, you know, he's not going anywhere. It's fine, whatever. 
and Tristan waits for the other guard to leave, and then he sneaks around the corner, and there's nothing there except for a statue of a dragon. Dungeons and Dragons. There it is. It's a dragon in a dungeon. We did it, folks. We made it. Uh, and he's like looking around. He's like, well, it can't be. I, I just heard him talking and where, you know, whatever. And so he takes a couple of steps in the armor uh, and trips and falls and grabs hold of the dragon's head and reveals that it is actually a switch for a secret tunnel. Dungeons classic, and Dragons. Yep. Classic. We've got a secret tunnel. We've got a dungeon. We've got a dragon. What more could you want? Got a suit of armor. This is kind of funny because that's way more Dungeons and Dragons than we've encountered in my actual Dungeons and Dragons podcast, where we have met no dungeons and no dragons. <laughs> I, I like how you said you've met no dungeons. You've been introduced to zero <laughs> I, dungeons. I We have encountered no dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. It would be more of a... It, I think your show would be more like a like a sailing in accents. Yeah, sailing. <laughs> it has to be alliterative. Sailing and swashbuckling, something sailing along those lines. and stabbing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so we cut back before uh, Tristan goes into the the secret tunnel. Uh, and... Secret tunnel. <laughs> secret every tunnel. time. You have to say it. You have to. It's true. Uh, we cut back to Yugi saying, this is it. Now we begin. Which is, I think, I, I have lost count, but I, I believe this is the fifth time that somebody has said this duel is beginning. Or it's time to start this duel. It's time to duel. It's All time to duel. Stuff. All that. Uh, Yugi takes his first turn, finally. It's like two-thirds of the way through the episode in the duel begins which is fine because this is part one of a five-part series here (laughs) so there's gonna be a lot of dueling i i take it yeah i caught myself thinking like oh damn it's gonna be a fast duel and then i remembered oh it's a five-parter so this duel is only just beginning yeah uh all right so yugi plays a card face down and then he plays a monster in defense mode Pegasus's Millennium Eye flashes, and he he goes, that wouldn't happen to be a beaver warrior, would it? And Yugi goes, that's exactly right. How is he guessing my cards? How can he do such things? Uh, And uh, Pegasus sort of internally, to to himself, I guess, right? He doesn't say this out loud. He starts telling Yugi what his cards are and what his next move is. Yeah, he's really saying it for the audience's benefit more than anyone else's yeah uh and then yugi does exactly what pegasus said by uh or no pardon me pegasus plays a face down card and a monster in defense mode and then yugi does exactly what pegasus said yugi would do and that is uh flip over beaver warrior uh, yeah he summon pegasus summons a red archery girl oh, which is just you. like this mermaid girl in a clam that's yeah. like floating there I didn't really Weird understand card. the connection of the name to the card art. Yeah. Like she has a bow and arrow later on, right? It's not immediately noticeable though. Yeah. So like girl, I think is the one of three words in there that, that maybe <laughs> That actually fits. applies. Uh, 
but so yeah, so then uh, Yugi combines his Beaver Warrior and he flips over Horn of the Unicorn, which makes it a, a fairly strong monster. Pegasus's monster, uh, the Red Archery Girl, is fairly weak, so he he takes the opportunity to attack Pegasus's card and. We finally get to hear the 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 line. Yes, the line. He says it. He says it. Do you want to say what line that is? My boy Pegasus, your friend and mine. Uh, as soon as as Yugi sort of flips over his card and declares what his what his move is, Pegasus declares, "You activated my trap card." Hey, that's the name of the podcast. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it for legal reasons, but yes. He activates the trap card. You activated my podcast. Uh, pardon me. You activated my trap card, which activated this podcast. Uh, he activates Tears of a Mermaid, another mermaid-themed card, which blocks all possible attacks by the Beaver Warrior. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually activated not on the attack. It's activated when Beaver Warrior is... Uh, revealed, which means that the unicorn horn goes away and it brings his attack power down. And there is something in there about the attack being reflected back on Beaver Warrior, so the attack power of Beaver Warrior goes down even further, but that didn't really make sense to me. No, not in the what happens on screen, which is the, uh, what is it, Red Archery Girl just starts crying Mm-hmm. And all her tears come out like a uh, bubble beam from Pokemon Ooh, and just yeah. kind of surround the beaver warrior. And I thought it was going to like do some story based nonsense about how like the electric power that the beaver is using with its unicorn horn would electrocute or something, but it just kind of stops it. Yeah. It just gets surrounded by bubbles. Yeah. It kind of just creates like a bubble force field in a way. Um, Pegasus then uh, just assumes that it's his turn and he switches uh, Red Archery Girl uh, from defense to attack mode uh, and she then attacks Beaver Warrior and kills it because it's now weaker. Yeah, and she actually uses archery to do so. Yeah, which, I mean, was good. I don't know where she was keeping that bow and arrow beforehand. <laughs> like, I guess there's a lot of room down in the back of that clam she's in. <laughs> oh, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, we cut up to the peanut gallery. Joey finally realizes that Tristan's still missing. Uh, and he, he's like saying to Bakura, like, where did he go? And Bakura is like, I, I, I don't know. He, he wandered off. <laughs> Joey has a great line where he's like, yeah, I bet he's in the John. <laughs> uh, Joey also says, don't you realize he's missing the match of the century? And my immediate response is, no, Joey, it's the duel of the millennium. <laughs> uh, Yugi, after a bit more showboating from Pegasus, uh, finally catches on, kind of, that Pegasus is reading his mind. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Pegasus just straight up says, I can use the power of my millennium eye to see your mind and all your cards that you have. And there's a really bizarre animation when yugi realizes the uh like the consequences of this did you catch this he it's just a a shot of him standing there looking shocked and then his eyes and his mouth are just vibrating like crazy oh what no i did not notice that at all just the eyes and the mouth 
just the eyes and the mouth, not his nose. Just his facial features are just like constricting, but it looks like someone is just wiggling them like the size slider back and forth a whole lot. Oh, I do not like that. It's no, super only, creepy and weird. The only thing that I thought about that was, um, you know, that Pikachu meme that's been going on where it's like, Oh yeah. Shocked so, face. Yeah. The, the shocked face Pikachu. It was like that, but for Yu-Gi-Oh where it's Pegasus being like, I have mind control powers. Yugi being like, but how are you seeing my cards? Pegasus being like, I have mind control or mind reading <laughs> powers. And then the shocked Yugi face. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, man, what happens next here? There's a lot of like switching between internal and external dialogue, which is difficult to parse. Because uh, I feel like in some of the shots where it becomes external dialogue, we're not looking at the character that's speaking, which makes it confusing. Yeah. It's, this is one of those episodes where you kind of need the closed captioning on just for it to tell you whether or not something's like spoken internally. Yeah, there's a lot of shots where I thought Pegasus was talking, but it cut to his face and he's just monologuing to himself in his mind. As Pegasus is wont to do. As he does so very much. Uh, in my notes here, it just says, uh, yeah, the, well, just like you said, Pegasus tells him straight up like, hey, I can read your mind and you have no hope against an opponent who can do that. So you're fucked yeah. basically. And then uh, Pegasus like shows off a little bit and sees exactly what Yugi draws and then like reads out his whole hand to him. Oh, he does. Yeah. Huh. And he does it out loud and kind yeah, of similar. He... Oh, go ahead. He's just showing off now. He says it all out loud for everyone to see that. Oh yeah. He can, read Yugi's mind and knows exactly what uh, he's feeling, knows exactly what he fears, and what he fears most is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does kind of have that, that moment of uh, uh, grandeur, I suppose. But he, so he says all this out loud, and uh, Tristan and, and Taya are there listening to all of it, and they're like, oh, how is Yugi going to win if Pegasus can read his mind? Like, can he, he can really read his mind? Can he do that? And they finally get to a point where they accept the existence of magical bullshit in the world. After living with Yugi for however long it's been, seeing all this crazy shit happen. But they do it, they come to this realization with the same, like, enthusiasm of... Like somebody discovering the secret menu at In N Out. <gasps> Magic is real? I mean, granted, that would be my reaction too. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But like the the reaction here that they play is like, oh yeah, he can read his mind. Ah. Ah, nuts. Animal style millennium fries? How what? did I not know about this? Huh. <laughs> huh, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and then they just move on with their lives i think it just crits, cuts back to tristan at this point again it, it does it does uh I, okay we've talked about spatial awareness in this episode before uh or in this series before i mean there are a couple of places where this comes up this is one of them we cut back to tristan in his armor and he he comes down the secret stairs into the secret tunnel and there's a guard there uh, at a little guard's desk, and he's 
you know, kicking his feet up and he's humming to himself and whatever. And he's looking away from Tristan and he's complaining about like, oh man, this is the most boring detail. Like how did I get stuck guarding the zombie kid? It's not like he's going to move or anything. Yeah. It pans over to uh, Mokuba who's in there just completely gaunt and motionless and staring ahead with blank lifeless eyes. You know, like his soul's been stolen. Like his soul's been stolen. It happens. Uh, and the guard's like, ah, oh, man, nothing interesting ever happens to me. And Tristan from behind him says, think again, and slams a, uh, like just the helmet from a suit of armor onto the head of the guard and like knocks him out with the helmet. But it's not his helmet. That's my point. <laughs> so where'd he get this helmet? Where did he get this helmet? He's not holding it in the previous shot, and it's not the one he's wearing on his head, and there don't seem to be any suits of armor in this secret tunnel. Was he hiding it? Is it just part of an ar- part of the armor that looks like a helmet? I Is don't know. Is there a secret compartment? <laughs> Is it the codpiece? <laughs> <laughs> No, oh. it's not. No, it's not because it fits on. It fits on the guard's head. It is a helmet. Yeah, he slams his helmet on the guard's head and knocks him out. I guess. I guess. But like, it cuts away, and he he like falls down mm-hmm. off screen, so we don't see any like actual violence happen, which is probably another four kids edition. Oh yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I I there have been enough times where Tristan has like punched things that he shouldn't have punched and like threatened violence that I'm positive. There's so much like actually interesting motion that Tristan does with his physical form that we don't see. And we're left with just the tripping into <laughs> dragons just completely off screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he takes the guards keys uh, and he heads over to the cell where he sees Mokuba and he's like, Oh great. Cool. Uh, why won't he wake up? That's weird. Huh? Uh, and he puts the key into the the lock, and we cut away again to a control room where a red light flashes on a screen, and a man. Yeah, in this a is suit. like Pegasus's control room. I think so. I, think I don't is. know why. Wh- like what it's supposed to be controlling, like his whole empire. It's. I it's think... like n- mission control at NASA. There's a giant screen along one wall and like banks of computers. Yeah, it looked a lot like uh, Kaiba's hidden basement lab from that one episode. Yeah. I think it might just be the control room for the dungeons, honestly. <laughs> like, I That's think a lot of people just to control the dungeon doors well i think it's implying like pegasus has implied a couple of times i think the dungeon is way bigger than what we're seeing like it would be its own D module if we wanted to like use that that terminology still uh and i think yeah i think he has a, a staff of people just set up to monitor it in uh, mission, this giant mission control type room right so so we cut to this this mission control room and there's a, a red light flashing on a screen and there's a guy in a suit there who says uh oh, what does he say Shit, I thought I wrote this down. 
I don't remember. I, he just I calls croquet. Yeah, it was it was something like it's been activated or whatever. Like yeah. something set off the alarm, basically. And so he calls croquet. We cut back to the duel. We see Pegasus's face, and we see croquet getting a phone call behind him, and it zooms in on croquet picking up the phone. And I was like, "Come on, croquet, put your phone on silent. <laughs> You're in the middle of a duel." And the guy in the control room uh, explains to croquet that the there's activity in the cell or whatever and subsection three something along those lines some like room number yeah guard bullshit uh and croquet uh is like well you know just handle it and the guards the guy in the control room says well pegasus wanted to to be alerted at once if this happened and croquet goes don't you know mr pegasus is in a duel (laughs) he's dueling right now <laughs> Pegasus can't presidents. come to the phone. He's dueling at the moment. Can I take a message? Uh yeah, so he just says uh you know, he tells them to handle it and he says uh the boy cannot be freed. <laughs> Which is a weird way to say that. Yeah. Uh and then the duel continues. <laughs> Finally, we get some more dueling here. Uh yeah, Pegasus brings out a card I've never seen before. Ryu ran. Yeah. I'm this out, right? all, all of the cards that he plays this round are, are cards that we haven't seen before in the show. Yeah. Um, I just found this card. Ryu ran uh, translated means a uh, dragon agar. Oh, cause it looks like an egg. Yeah. It's a, a like a dragon egg that comes out and, then there's like splits for the arms and legs where they come out. And mm-hmm. then like another split where you just see some angry eyeballs. There's a shot of uh reran from the back. That's really unfortunate because if you take an egg shape and you make these splits in it, where it opens up, there's going to be a sort of a vector, sort of a point at the rear where they all, all the sections kind of connect. Like they kind of, they kind of pinch in a little bit. And it gives it kind of a, just a little, just a little, just a. Are you saying this egg has a butthole? Yes. <laughs> I didn't catch that on the first uh, viewing. I am sad that I did and I'm not going to be able to unsee it. And now that I've said it, hopefully you you won't be able to unsee it either. And maybe I've, I've ruined the experience for some of our listeners. But. Uh, but yeah, so Riran, uh, he plays in defense mode, right? The dragon egg. Yeah. And he then switches archery girl to defense mode as well. Or red archery girl. I missed the red, I think, in my initial watching. I don't see any red. I don't see any red on it. But it's called red archery girl. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, and... Does it occurs to me that uh, with this card, we've seen the entire dragon life cycle. Because here's a dragon oh. egg, and it hatches into baby dragon. Uh-huh. It turns into an adult dragon, and then it gets super old and becomes <laughs> thousand dragon. And then, uh, and then it gets uh, polymerized with summon skull and becomes the black skull dragon. Yeah, then it becomes a skeletal dragon. Oh, we, and we've seen zombie dragon as well. Yeah, uh, all from, kinds of from Bones' dragons. deck. Yeah, I forgot his name was Bones. <laughs> Bones, if Bones were in the show more, Bones would be the real protagonist in my mind. 
Yeah, he had his own little mini arc in just one episode, and then we never see him again. Yeah. Womp womp. Uh, so we cut away from the duel. We got we got just a little just a little a little duel taste, a little duel sampling there, uh, and we cut back to Tristan, who uh, is now carrying Mokuba on his back. He's out of the armor. And he's running through the tunnels of the dungeon, trying to find a way out. And he keeps coming on dead ends. And he turns into a dead end. And as soon as he realizes, oh, no, it's a dead end, he turns around. And there are guards coming at him from all sides. Uh, We see sort of their shadows up on the walls. Uh, And he does like an, oh, no, like like it's going to be like a to-be-continued freeze frame. Yeah. But then we cut back to the best line of the episode. Jimmy, did you write this down? I did. I I, I saw that you wrote this down as well. Uh, <laughs> Yugi looks at Ryuran and says to Pegasus, I'll scramble your egg. <laughs> and it took me a bit to figure out that the that Ryuran looked like a dragon egg. And it, like knowing that that's the translation really helps a lot. But like, I didn't, that didn't connect for me at first. So I'm just thinking, is this a new insult that we're trying out here, Yuki? Like, is that, is that how I'm going to tell people like that I'm onto them no, or something? I'm going to hurt them. Yeah. Like, is this trash talking? Have we just and run out of ways to say that we're going to win? <laughs> I mean, in this show, I'm sure they have. Because they like, talk about winning in card games enough. They do. They, it's true. It's true. You know, but you know, are we going to escalate from here? Are we going to start frying eggs? Are we going to make omelets? Well, I guess we'll have to leave that to the next episode because this is very close to the end of this episode. It's uh, true. Yugi has um, looks down at his hand and. Uh, Pegasus just rattles off all the cards he's holding. Celtic Guardian, Spellbinding Circle, Magical Hats, and Horn Imp. And he draws Summon Skull, and Pegasus is like, Mmm, what could you have just drawn? Could it be Summon Skull? And, like, tell me how this episode ends, because this is just crazy. I I love this. So so he, he guesses that it's Summon Skull. Yugi continues to look shocked, even though like five times now, Pegasus has just straight up said, I can read your mind. Like Yugi still manages to be surprised somehow. And Pegasus starts like cackling and it ends on a freeze frame that looks like Castlevania box art. It is. It cuts to like it a does. it cuts to like a three quarters angle, almost top down shot of Pegasus. Like a breeze comes out of nowhere and like blows his coat back, and he's got these crazy eyes or eye, and then a glowing millennium eye, and his hair is blowing back. And what? Here, I sent it to you. Crazy eye. Lauren just made an amazing Parks and Rec joke <laughs> that she just requested that I cut out, <laughs> which means that I'm definitely oh. leaving it in. Uh, well, do you want to do it one more time? Do you want to try it again? Okay, because it was when I said crazy eye. Right and the douche. <laughs> <laughs> fart uh, noise, fart noise. <laughs> 
it's cold and it smells. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no. So the freeze frame here is this like immaculate painting of Pegasus sort of in a, in, you know, the anime wind that comes out of nowhere. Right. And he's holding his hand of cards and he's like, it's that super detailed anime, uh, freeze frame style when something dramatic happens. Yeah. But it's just Pegasus sort of like cackling. (laughs) It's kind of funny to look at. Did you pull the picture of it? Did you? Yeah. I sent it to you. Man. Okay. We're going to have to be on our Instagram game. And if we're not like listeners, you have full right to call us out on it because there's a lot of visuals this episode uh, in a way that there, there isn't usually. Yeah. It's so interesting because you see in the, the image here that we're looking at, you see so much of the white of his, his good eye that it makes him look like a crazy person. And he's like, it looks like Dracula from Castlevania is the only thing that I can think he of. He does. And he's and got like the, the, the glow of the millennium eye. The proportions on him are all different from how he normally is. Cause he's such a, like a tall, thin guy. And here he's like beefed up and his shoulders are super broad. Yeah. And he's like hunching his head forward. So his, his shoulders look super high up too. And he looks like, sort of like large and imposing here. Um, and then you get just a little bit of the back of Yugi sort of leaning away. Like, ah! And it, it makes it look as though they're like three feet apart from each other. Yeah, it's kind of unsettling. Which, I mean, I think is the point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, damn. But it's also just kind of silly because it's Pegasus. It is, it is. I wish... I wish that we could find a higher resolution screenshot of this. Like if we could find the original painting, cause I would love to have this as a wallpaper on my computer. It's legitimately good. I thought um, you said you're going to like have it printed and hang it on your wall. Get some new uh, decorations for your flat. Uh, no. Cause I don't want Lauren to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren would not be pleased with this. No, I mean, she wouldn't, she wouldn't kick me out. She would just make me put it in the, in the guest bedroom. <laughs> put it directly above the bed so it's the last thing you see as you fall asleep Ooh, there is a thought lauren what would you think here i can't as much as i can turn the what would you think if i printed this out and put it above our bed (laughs) no She sounded shout lauren sounded into it for a minute there she gave it she gave it a pause, you know. There was there was sort of a there was sort of a, a, a contemplation. What were you gonna say? What what's even happening there? We were just we were just kind of discussing that. We're trying to figure that out ourselves because they were in a duel and now they're two feet apart. And there's a wind. Kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> <laughs> do you ship it? Do do you ship it, Jimmy? Do you want to know? <laughs> I still don't know what that means. You don't know what that. That... Yugi and who? That's Pegasus. Oh, I'm far away from it. I can't really see it. Yeah. <laughs> he already has weird shit in his dungeon. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
He's ready. Uh, all right. And then the other, the only other thing there is it says to be continued. So we know yeah. that this will be continued in the next episode. And I'm guessing like for four more episodes after that. Uh, yeah. You know, something like that. Uh, the next episode I will say, uh, <laughs> has a great translated title if I may. Oh, please do. The next episode is going to be titled attacks ineffective. The invincible tune army. Oh, that's exciting. So we're that's way see better some... than part two. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Oh man. My favorite part of this episode. I know there are so many uh, favorites to choose from. Honestly, uh, Pegasus finally revealing that he can just read everyone's minds at will and like just laughing maniacally as he crushes everyone's spirits was a, a highlight for me. Yeah, I could see That's it. such a yeah, great yeah. villain thing to do. It is, yeah, and not in a way that's like, let me explain my plan to you as yeah. I talk for a while. It's It's sort of just like, here I am, I'm powerful, be scared of me. <laughs> Which is very Pegasus. He's not going to tell them his plan. His plan, they already know. He's going to take Yugi's soul and rule Kaiba Corp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it's a solid plan. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you going to do to stop me, bitch? <laughs> 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 I planned out this whole thing. Sucker, you're going to die. <laughs> I'm going to have your soul. I'm going to put you in a card. I want to see just, the stack you're going in there. I want to just sub in your voice over the episode now. <laughs> just over Pegasus's lines. You know my plan. What are you going to do about it, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you challenge me, motherfucker. I own your soul. You just don't know it yet. I'm Pegasus. Uh, if only four kids had gone the opposite direction and instead of censoring Yu-Gi-Oh, they just added more swearing. <laughs> they just like added twice the profanity as necessary. <laughs> That's what we need. We need a grown-up card game show. Like just Yu-Gi-Oh, but translated by people who don't have to answer to any censors. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of an example. Like... You know, we, we get these, uh, like, made-for-Netflix talk shows now that are like, I can say fuck as much as I want because it's on Netflix and nobody cares. Uh, or we get, you know, cartoons like BoJack Horseman, that sort of thing. Yeah. We need, we need a, a card game anime that's this level of ridiculous, but they can say motherfucker. <laughs> Sign the petition to let Pegasus say fuck. Go to my change.org slash justice for Taya. <laughs> That TSA fuck. Race. It is kind of RuPaul's Drag Race in a way. Lauren and I have been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race lately. We're uh, we're, we're starting at season season one. They're not playing cards, but but they are fabulous, and uh, and they do have I good feel costumes. Like a lot of the character design in this show would lend itself well well to RuPaul's Drag Race. I wish I had a splitter for my headphones because you both just said the exact same thing and it's the drama and it's the um the like cattiness and they can say motherfucker that's true i don't that know how they did this uh the the 
original seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race must have been televised, right? But they're on Netflix now, and they just say fuck all the time, and it's not bleeped or anything. And I'm like, how did you... What network did this air on where you could get away with this and, like, Netflix has an unbleeped version? Hmm. I don't know. But anyway, that might that might just be the answer right there is RuPaul's Drag Race is the, the Yu-Gi-Oh for our generation or for our uh, our age group, I suppose. What was your favorite part of this episode? <sighs> I've been stalling because I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, Pegasus was great. Him sort of boasting about how he's a mind reader is, is great. Yeah, that's the thing about this episode. There's not a lot that actually happens. Yeah, it's a lot of bluster in a way. Uh it's it's like waiting for a Brexit vote. Uh topical. <laughs> thank you. I try. Uh I think I think my favorite part here is the line where Joey says that Tristan's probably on the crapper. <laughs> or no what does he say he says on the He's john, on the john. Huh? he can't say crapper no he can't uh i think i think that part made me like genuinely laugh um I'm trying to think what else what else did i say was funny to me yeah i don't know this this is one of those where it's like because it's a five-parter i think it suffers for like memorable moments. I don't think there's going to be something that's super memorable in each episode. Yeah. I think we'll look back on this after doing another year of this podcast and we'll think like, Oh, there was that five episode spread where that one thing happened and that'll be it. So I think, yeah, I think Tristan being on the John is my favorite. <laughs> uh, I mean, it makes sense. We haven't seen anyone go to the bathroom. I mean, obviously we wouldn't see that like actually happening but there's no toilets in this world <laughs> that's kind of true actually yeah uh actually no, a lot I'm, of tv shows i'm gonna i'm gonna change my answer though actually because i'm looking back over my notes and i'm gonna change my answer to my favorite part is the theory that you put forth that croquet desperately wants out of his situation and he had a whole monologue prepared to please 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 get yugi <laughs> to save him <laughs> I know you want to save your grandpa, Yugi, but I would really appreciate it if you could also ask for me to be fired or something, at least. Croquet could be a great grandpa figure for Yugi, I think. <laughs> uh, That's well, true. He has lots of, like, card game experience. Lawrence, uh, he knows Lawrence how to run here, a business. Like, Lauren's over here like, doesn't Yugi already have a grandpa? Y- yeah, kind of. <laughs> Not right now, he doesn't. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Two grandpas. <laughs> My two grandpas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what was your least favorite? Uh, my least favorite was just this episode in general not having much actually happening. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff we've seen before, like monologuing about friendship and monologuing about how good pegasus is with cards um but not a lot of actual the only really interesting things happening were tristan trying to jailbreak mokuba Mm -hmm. and uh the reveal of 
uh, bad Kura still being uh, within Bakura, despite his alleged defeat. Yeah, which was interesting because that's really only a reveal that's been given to the audience. Yeah, no one else knows. So it's, I guess, sort of a dramatic irony thing that they're setting up for there. But yeah, that's really arguably the most interesting thing that happens this episode. Yeah, it'll be more interesting, I think, in the next episodes as we see what uh, the two sides of Bakura are up to. Right, right. Although, I mean, are there two sides to Bakura anymore? Or is it just one Bakura? Is there Dana or is it only Zul? I mean, ostensibly, there's a good Bakura in there somewhere who cares about its new friends, but was it just evil Bakura the whole time, like, putting on a masquerade? Ooh, okay, yeah, like a bad Kura catfish situation. Yeah, he's pretending to have two personalities like Yugi, but it's just the one guy in there. Oh, shit, that would be a real... Man, that would be a real uh that'd be a real twist there, huh? Real real uh real Shyamalan move. Well, you've seen the show before and I haven't, so your reaction implies that no, it's it's the real deal. There is a good Bakura in the back. I I'm pretty sure that's the real deal. Honestly, it's been long enough since I've seen this bit that I I genuinely don't remember how these next four episodes are gonna go down. Uh I remember episodes after this. Don't remember these episodes. Uh yeah, yeah, no, man, that would be really interesting. Um, well, that makes me excited for the future. What was your worst part of the episode? My worst part continues to be the peanut gallery. You know, Tristan, Taya, and Joey here, or I guess in this case, Joey and, and Taya, because they and get Bakura. this. Well, Bakura kind of has an inside knowledge here. They get this whole monologue about how Pegasus can read minds. And he's the most powerful person ever because he has a, an ancient artifact embedded in his fucking skull that lets him read thoughts. And he does a very dramatic monologue to this effect. And then Bakura sort of like very soberly confirms like, yeah, he can read minds. That's how he's doing this. He is magic. He will take Yugi's soul. Like that's a thing that he can do. That's why that's why Kaiba and Bakura aren't here, or uh, uh, Mokuba aren't here. That's why Grandpa isn't here. Like he has the ability to rend flesh from spirit, right? Like, <laughs> and 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 they're just, still just like, huh, weird. Yeah, right. Like the most the most energetic reaction we get to any of this is Joey after. Croquet says the words Millennium Eye for the first time. Joey says, this is crazy. And that's the most energy we get from anyone in the room about Reacting anything to this, remotely like, magical. Fundamental truths of the universe is that magic is real. And like they even say, they say to each other like, oh, I wonder if Pegasus was just planning on dueling Yugi the whole time anyway. Yes, he was. Of he course said he so. Was. Of course he was. And like Yugi said, you know, it's going to take more than just being a good duelist to face Pegasus. He doesn't say you need magical fucking powers. But then it's revealed in this whole scene like, oh, that's why there's just this whole thing. Pegasus was going to duel Yugi the whole time. Magical fucking powers. And Joey's just like, eh. 
Get him, Yug. Use your magical bullshit on his magical bullshit. You know, it. that part really bugs me. That's my worst. That's fair. That's a, a, a good worst. <laughs> All right. We have been talking for a very long time about this episode in which not a lot happened. Funny how that yeah. works. Uh, do you have anything else you want to, you want to mention, uh, before I knock more shit off my desk? Uh, and, uh, and we close out the episode. Trying to think of anything, but I don't think so. Okay. Let's awesome. end this. It's time to end the episode. Jimmy, did you have a card of the week this week? Uh, well, there weren't any cards that came out really. No, uh, I guess, uh, whatever the hell that, uh, dragon egg card was. Oh Ren, yeah, yeah. Rearan, Rearan, uh, Rearan's pretty cool. Uh, it's got a butt. <laughs> Rearan, it's got a butt. <laughs> Sorry, Rearan, it's got a butt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's like what I want. I want my version <laughs> of the Smash Bros. Like a new challenger has entered. Uh, to be that right like Tyler he's got a butt <laughs> that's your uh your dramatic intro uh stinger uh-huh yeah it's got a butt <laughs> hold on to your butts it's got one um yeah the rear end card art, stealer the rear end card steal art. your butt right off your butt <laughs> uh the card really here just, the only doesn't doesn't give us anything to go off of here. You don't you don't see the butt. I'm sorry. You're just gonna have it's, to trust me. It's just an egg that's cracked and there's like a dragon part sticking out of it. Yep. That's pretty straightforward. Yep. Uh it looks like we're gonna see more of uh Ryuran in the next couple of episodes. I'm I'm noticing there's some other card art here that looks vaguely tune-ish. Uh so, hmm, so maybe we'll see that. Who pop up could again. possibly play a tune card? Who knows? Uh, I also have, if you're ready for it, our randomly generated card of the week. Oh, I'm so ready. Lay all right. Every week we pull up a random card of the week from all of the cards in Yu-Gi-Oh! existence and talk about them a little bit. This week's card is Dust Storm of Gusto. I thought you were just going to say Dust Storm of Gust Storm. <laughs> <laughs> that would arguably be a better name. Dust Storm of Gusto says your Dust opponent Storm cannot activate Gusto. cards or effects when Gusto monsters you control declare their attacks this turn. So it's a card that helps sort of buff your Gusto monsters, which looking at the card art here is I expected like a wind thing, like Gusto is like a, a pun on gust. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> just looks to be a fire emblem. I was about to say, there's no way this guy isn't in Smash Brothers already. Yeah, is this just Ike? <laughs> it's another Jarth. <laughs> Jarth enters the field. Uh, yeah, Dust Storm of Gust Oak is kind of just like a green-haired anime protagonist with like... With a cool sword. Yeah, what's going on with that sword there? It looks almost like a, like a needle, like a sewing needle, but it's been magnified several thousand times. Yeah, it's and it like has a, weird... a gun holster. I can't tell what's going on with the uh, the hilt of the sword. It's like all these weird, almost almost like branches, or almost like uh, the flagellum flagellum of a paramecium. 
Gesundheit. Like, <laughs> thank you. Like all these like little tentacles coming out to like grab his hand as he's holding the sword. Yeah. I'm looking up other gusto cards to see if that's like a motif and it doesn't seem to be. There's it's just like other green hair anime kids basically. So I think I think this sword might just be unique to Dust Storm. Um but yeah, he's got like a yellow cape that looks pretty cool. He's got like a like a I can't come up with anything other than Fire Emblem. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He's got like a Dragon no. Warriors vibe too, in a way. That's exactly what he looks like. There's nothing particularly interesting ab- about him visually besides the sword. Uh, and he's doing it. Well, the other thing is he's doing a big old swing with it, basically. Yeah, so. he's like making it go around and around in a circle. So it there's a big dust storm of gusto that comes yeah up. he's doing he's doing links up b attack <laughs> except uh in forward instead of around him in a circle oh i guess so huh he's kind of making like a like an awesome like fan yeah he's making like a swirl around him going forwards and if you if you click his head in once he'll sort of swivel side to side <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, but that's our yeah. card of the week. That's uh that's Dust Storm of Gusto. Super exciting. <laughs> I like Fire him. Emblem guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it takes all kinds. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. Uh if you want to get in touch with us and talk about things that are not the worst, uh you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Yampod. That's Y A M P O D. Uh you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is Tyler.games slash Y A M P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y A M P. Uh Jimmy, what's going on with the other podcast? Um, still still doing it. Um The Mistress I... Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> No, we we better correct that, otherwise people start searching for that. No, no, Jimmy has another podcast. Uh, tell us about it. Uh, it's my it's Dungeons Against Humanity, as the name implies. Uh, my friends and I play Dungeons and Dragons, and every time we need inspiration for a place or a new NPC, we draw a Cards Against Humanity card to describe what that thing is like. Yeah, and that's how we built the whole world. Um, I think we're getting close to the middle end of the season, maybe. Oh, nice. I don't know okay. where yeah. we are on the release schedule. But uh, I think Dungeons Against Humanity. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, episode twelve will be dropping soon uh, after this episode releases. Uh, new episodes come out on the weekend, right on Saturdays. Yeah, uh, and that's on Twitter at dah podcast. Uh, I almost said .com, but it's just at DAH podcast because that's how Twitter yeah. works. Uh, or DungeonsAgainstHumanity.net. .net. It's .com. <laughs> Thanks, oh, I would do want to point out um, our world-building PDF thing uh, is on the website. If oh, you want to. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From your uh, live event last week. Yeah, if you just go to the website and click on the world... Uh, if you come down to building your world, uh, it'll have the whole instructions on how to make a world from scratch with just a bunch of dice and cards against humanity. Uh, I want to point out the title of this page is How to Fuck Up a World Real Bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. 
and all the instructions are there and cool. they're very well written. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, go check it out. Do it. Uh, all right. Uh, I have nothing else to talk about. So I think that brings us to the end of the episode. What do you say? I'll scramble your egg. <laughs> That's what I say to that. Do you want to do you want to give it a proper send off? Let's 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 do it this way. Until next time. I'll scramble your egg. <laughs> <laughs>